that. But, but what we finally ended up doing is the ladies who kept forgetting, we would take all the tracks back and take all the stamps back. And they hung their heads. We're sorry, Pastor. I said, no, no, no. That's my fault. I should have realized that. And during the Wednesday night service, I allowed them to stamp the tracks that turned the during the message. And you could hear this little pitter-patter, but the tracks got done, they were stamped, and we gave those out. We, we had people who came from leaving tracks, even indoors, where it didn't look like anybody lived. Right. And it's just, just amazing, you know, the Word of God will not return void. Right. Some plant, some water, who gives the increase? God does. God does. Well, let's pray and we'll get right into it. Heavenly Father, so good to be here at the Anchor Baptist Church of Maslin tonight. We're thankful for the safety in. We pray for safety home. We're thankful, first of all, for, for Christ and the work he did on Calvary for us, that we have a common bond with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. But Lord, might there be one here tonight who doesn't know the Savior? May tonight they be saved. We're thankful for all the hard work that for many years that uh, Pastor and Mrs. Jacobs put in here and now that Pastor and Sister Rice are putting in and Lord bless their uh, union together as they come together. We pray that they'll win souls in this area. I do pray for missions, Lord. May that never be on the back burner. May you keep on challenging our hearts to do great things for thee. William Carey said something like, uh, expect great things, attempt great things. And may that uh, echo in our hearts tonight. Bless our presentation and the video that follows at the end. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen. Now about 10 till at the very latest, we're going to show the, the, the video. It's about six and a half minutes long. And there is a, a one glaring mistake in it. Now, it's not really a mistake, but this video is about three years old, and it says the price of paper back then was $250. Now it's about $200. So when you see that, say, well, which price is it? If you want to pay $250, we're glad, we'll, we'll be glad to take that amount in. But uh, things could go back up to $285, maybe even up to $350 per roll of paper, and they weigh 500 pounds, and you'll see that during the uh, video on that. So, but we're still selling them, if I, if I can say it that way, for $200 a roll. So in your Bibles, turn with me. I just about always start in Matthew as my kickoff point, and it's uh, always different how the Lord takes me, uh, depending on where I am and what the Lord really wants us to say tonight. But Christ is speaking in verse 19. If you have red letter edition, it's in red. I like red letter edition. I know every word of God is pure and every word in the Bible is God's word. My mind really works well with color. So that helps me. In verse 19, our king, remember, he's just not our Lord and Savior. He is the king. He said, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon what? Uh, chapter 6, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Anybody else? <laughs> I, I didn't hear what was said, but it was probably good. Jesus said, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth. I, I, I told it from this pulpit at a preacher's meeting a year ago or two years ago. After I came out of the pandemic in 2020, I, I got shut down for the, the month of April, really just three Sundays. Several people were still having services, and I got through the first Sunday, but the next three Sundays I got shut down because people were just 
abundance of caution, didn't know what this thing was, and everybody just kind of uh, said, you know what, we'll do it over Facebook or something. Some churches did it over Facebook, but they left the doors open in case anybody brave wanted to wander in and maybe just sit in the back and listen. But I got shut down for those, and I started back up the first Sunday in May. Uh, Pastor Bill Burroughs from the Fellowship Baptist Church in Lebanon, Ohio, which houses this ministry, which is the mother church over the Fellowship Track League, he gave me a chance to start back up that Sunday. And I, I, I just prayed and I said, Lord... How can I ask anybody for money? See, I, I am the tax man. <laughs> I hate to say it that way, but that's what I've, I've come to view myself as, the tax man. I go to pastor meetings and, and people will see me. There's Brother Lapis, track league. You better run because he's a tax man. He's going to come to your church and raise money from your, for your, from your people. And so I feel like I'm, I'm kind of like a publican in the New Testament times. But that's what God has called me to do, to raise money. And I kind of like to get that out ahead of time so we can all laugh together for, for a while until the Lord starts working on maybe someone's heart here. But I said, Lord, how can I ask any church for money? Maybe businesses that their members worked at were closed. Maybe they've lost jobs permanently. I don't even know if the pastor get, is getting paid where I'm going. How do you ask a pastor, did the church pay you last week? And, and even if I asked a pastor and he wasn't getting paid, I feel like at that point I put the pastor in a situation where he may lie and say, well, yes. And really, you know what I mean? Not to make the church look bad or whatever, so I don't want to do that. So I, I never asked that at all. And here's what the Lord assured me about going forward. Because God didn't call me to go church to church to have a, a, a preaching time on the home or a conference on prophecy, or a conference on our King James Bible, or a conference on why we're independent Baptists. I mean, the Fellowship Track League, has, they brought me on board for one reason, and that was to be the tax man, <laughs> to raise money. And so I have to keep that in mind, and I know every time I go to church, last year I was in 130 different churches, this year it'll be more than that, and a lot of them, at least half I think are new churches, uh, you know, well, I was at a church maybe four years ago, and they'll have me back four years later, so that really helps filling up the schedule, but I said, Lord, how can I do this? And here's what the Lord assured me, don't be afraid to ask people for money, and I thought, why God? He said, because my children have money. I mentioned that in a Sunday school class where I was at, and afterwards, uh, this was of, of younger people in their maybe 20s and 30s. Boy, isn't that something, looking at 20 and 30s as being young. I, we were that one time, brother, huh? And I'm sure you don't want to be looked at as being young. But a man came up to me who was visiting. He said, in the church I go to, there is so much money. If people would just tithe, we'd have more money than we knew what to do with because people are loaded. And so you say, well, Brother Lapish, I'm not one of those. Okay, I know what it is not to have money. When I first started at Central Baptist in 1939, where I, 1939, why? I'm going to say 30 years and I got the nine there. That's, that's mistake number two, brother, okay? Is it still three strikes I'm out here? I definitely will reach three strikes quickly. So I, I, I thought about that and, and, and the Lord showed me that people really do have money. But those who don't, I think of the widow and her two mites. 
you may be in that position because when I went to our church in 1979, uh, they only had 17 folks left. It was downtown in the ghetto, beautiful building downtown, and I had 17 folks left who voted this in. And in the process of voting me in, I was in my 20s, had all these kids, and they said, Reverend? And when they called me Reverend, my wife giggled. Who can be Reverend in their 20s, you know? Plus she knew me, which didn't help either. They said, Reverend, we can only pay you $180. And I thought to myself, in like a nanosecond, I don't know if I can live on $180 a week. And I'm thinking that to myself. I got these kids, I got gas, I got a car, I got rent. And I finally said to the men, I said, guys, I don't think I can live on $180 a week. They said, a week? That's for the whole month. You know? <laughs> Boy, that, 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 took, that took me back. But I knew God wanted me there. And God worked everything out. So I know what it is to be without money. And the widow with two mites, I think because God saw that she did that and it was a good teaching point, it says others came along and they gave out of their what? Abundance. So for every church I go to where some people who are just kind of between at the moment, well, God sees whatever you give, God will open the hearts of those who have abundance. And a lot of God's children in America have abundant finances. There's just no limit. So, with that impressionment that God gave me to ask people, I go boldly and ask people to buy rolls of paper. Because <laughs> that's my job. Now, now Pastor, if... If you thought, well, maybe God's leading you in a different ministry and you're between ministries and you start selling cars at uh, uh, Pastor Jacob's used car lot and he says, well, I'll pay you uh, $200 a month base salary and so much for each car sold. After a year, if he didn't sell any cars, what would you do? Mean, mean man. He'd fire you. <laughs> would you give him another year? No, no, you'd be gone. Well, that's the same way. I... I I travel from church to church with the track league, and if I never get anybody to buy a roll of paper, they might say at the end of the year, Brother Lapish, uh, you know, mm, we, we just need to make a change here. Well, that would be fine because they don't pay me a salary. I have to raise my own support. So consider that tonight, too. Jesus said, don't lay up treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. Talk to the one brother about some cars that have some catalytic converters cut out. Thieves everywhere thieves everywhere, but lay up yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal for where your treasure is there will your heart be also. Now sometimes if we're not careful we'll flip a couple words there and we'll read it. We think we're reading it right but we're not. We'll read for where your heart is there will your treasure be also but it doesn't say that. So if we find our treasure that's where we'll find our heart. Where's your treasure? For the men, we sit on it. <laughs> we sit on it. Growing up in the holy city of Ohio, which is Cleveland. No, no, no. Deaconess Hospital, Deaconess Hospital downtown. That's where I was born, 1978. <laughs> now that was a fib. So I, so I get three fibs, like three mistakes. 1952, Deaconess Hospital. And uh, I, I really grew up in a great, great, great Christian home. And I really thank God for that. Both dad and mom were devout Christians. 
We went to the Parma Heights Baptist Church in the far west side. Uh, be, before it was built, we went to the Swedish Baptist Convention Church in the downtown area. And then when they built the new building, we went there. And back then, everybody used the King James Bible. Everybody. Then we went to the North Walton Baptist. That was G-A-R-B-C. And they used the King James Bible. Everybody used it back then. And then I went to Ohio State where I graduated. We went to the Westland Baptist Temple. My wife and I were married between our sophomore and junior year. She was 19 and I was 20. Man, that was way too young. But we're still together. Going on 50 years this year. Anybody 50 years of marriage? Great. Did you get anything special like a trip to Hawaii? I shouldn't ask. <laughs> the man may get mad at me in that. But we've got to find where our treasure is. I realize that my treasure is my children, my immediate family. All my kids know Christ. All my grandkids are either saved, S-A-V-E-D, or safe, S-A-F-E. I've got some young ones that are still four and five years old. And so I, I am thankful that my immediate family knows Christ. And if the rapture took place tonight, we would all be in heaven together. That, that's my treasure. But growing up in Cleveland, uh, my dad was a civil engineer, worked for Republic Steel. Dad was a big guy, 6'3", 250, World War II veteran. And I think I've said this before, probably you're thinking, what happened to you, Brother Lapish? My mom happened to me, 4 feet 11. I had no, ch I had no chance. I, I just, just didn't. But growing up, dad, to keep us busy, he'd be working in the garage. He'd just throw some, you know cut up two by fours, some nails and everything else, and we just pound and saw all day long. And while he was working on something, every once in a while, and, and Dad was so powerful, he'd take that hammer, and back when two by fours were really two by fours, you know, they're not really two by fours today, he could take the hammer, get a little tap, and then he'd come all the way down, and he could drive that nail all the way through. He had so much force behind it that he would drive the head of the nail underneath the wood itself. So it would be buried in there, and, and he would throw me the claw hammer. He said, Timothy, get that nail out. Your father made a mistake. So the, the head of the nail is beneath the surface of the two-by-four. So I got that, I was only like eight years old. I had the claw hammer, and I'm just kind of going like this at it. And my dad's watching me. He says, give me that hammer. And he would go, whomp. He would dig that underneath the wood with the claw, and when he ripped it out, it made this, the loudest screeching noise. Does anybody know what I'm talking about there? That's what I feel like I hear every time I mention money in an independent Baptist church. That, that screeching is that nails coming out. <laughs> Folks, if the rapture occurred tonight, God's children are leaving back probably billions of dollars in America. That's how much money are in Christian homes. Well, look with me in Matthew 16. I'm looking at the time. I'm doing well if that clock is right. Could you please put that, that long hand back about 10 minutes, brother? Oh, oh it's, got, it's in case. The, that was because the former pastor would go over it. Now we have, it's locked so you can't turn that thing back. Great verse here. Again, Christ speaking. Matthew 16, 26, brother in the back. <laughs> what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. What a, what a question to ask. Because in the world, it, it's get as much as you can. Once you have enough, you want more. I mean, the eyes never had enough to see. The belly's never full. The ear has never heard enough. How's it finish there? Gain the whole world and lose his own soul. Is there not a question mark there? 
So I wondered, how much money is in the world? Does anybody know? Does our brother in back know? You're going like this, I felt you were, you were adding up. No, I'm sorry, I hope you're okay with me picking on you. You got me, so I'm just kind of making it even if I can. Now there's another brother back here with a beard, but he's not, his hands are down. His hands, he's, he's not going to get in any trouble. So I started to think, how many countries, 150, 180, I don't know. They change every day, it seems, the total. So I, I said, I have to go to a very reliable source that's never wrong. And like that Ford commercial, the light goes on, the light came on, and I said, I know where it's perfect, the internet. <laughs> so I, I tried to find it there, and I finally came up with a figure based on several sites that had tried to count. And, and here's the caveat, they didn't count land, minerals under the land, minerals on the ocean floor, or existing buildings. Just cash for all these countries. And so here, here's the amount. We have hundreds, thousands, millions. Anybody, anybody have a million? <laughs> anybody want to raise your hand? <laughs> Brother, your hand's up. <laughs> uh, what's after a million? A billion, and then it's a trillion? It's a number after that, it's quadrate, 1.2 quadrillion dollars in the world today. That, that's an amazing number. I have a hard time understanding a billion, let alone a trillion or a quadrillion. That's a lot of money and Jesus said in verse 26, is that man profited if he has all the money in the world, 1.2 quadrillion dollars, and still lose his soul? How rich is Bill Gates, Elon Musk, we could go right down the list. That's not going to profit them one iota when it comes time to go to heaven. They can't do that. Then there's another question. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Hmm. So probably the most hated man on the planet today would be whom? Does somebody say Putin back there? Now, I didn't bring that up. I mean, your, your members did. But I would agree. So, if somehow an angel of the Lord came down and presented the most hated man on earth today for the war crimes and atrocities that he has committed and sat him there and told everybody in the center two rows here, if you would give all the money you have, sell your home, give that, sell your cars, give that, sell your catalytic converters like the one fellow lost who's out in the lobby, and give all that money, Maybe we'd let him get to heaven. Would you do that? Would anybody give everything they had to get that man to heaven? Anybody? Look, not one. Not me either. Not me. Doesn't the Bible say, for scarcely a righteous man will one die? But you know, there's one who did die. That's the Lord Jesus Christ to get Mr. Putin to heaven. Now, here's what I want you to see. If, if Putin was the only one who never was saved, his soul is so valuable to Christ, his soul is more valuable than all the money in the world, and since there's nothing you can give in exchange for your soul to get to heaven, $1.2 quadrillion, you can't give, him, give that to the Lord for exchange to get you, yourself into heaven. But Putin's soul is so valuable that Christ would have died for him if he was the only one who wasn't saved. That's, that's pretty deep. I, I just, I, I just that, that, that depth of that love that Christ has for sinners. So you see, 
we can't get ourselves to heaven. It's got to be Christ. So what we need to do is finance those who are helping getting people to heaven. And so I, I think maybe sometimes if we're not careful, we can chase money. We can just chase money. When, when we have what we need, and I, I, this is why these, these mega church pastors and, and, and all that, when, when you see they're buying airplanes and living in two, three, four million dollar homes, and then someone says, what's wrong with the mega churches? That's wrong. Especially when our Savior did that, he had nowhere to even lay his head at night. I, I think there's got to be a balance somewhere along that way. And, and we need to make sure that we are contributing to the Lord's work in the way that he sees fit. And we, we can't look at our budget, our bottom line, when we do faith promise. Because then it's not faith. It's, it's sight promise giving. And, and, and I'm sure your pastor would say, we, we don't care how it comes in. But the idea behind, behind faith promise is, is doing something where really you can't do. And God's got to do it for you so he gets to glory. Therefore, to Mr. Putin, what is a man profiteth? He shall gain all of Ukraine and lose his soul. And to burst hell wide open. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I'm going to give you a what and a why. What do I do? I think you kind of have the idea. Every year it's over 100. I said last year 130. This year it will be more than that. And I go into churches and it's my job again to raise money to buy these. This used to be a roll of paper. It weighed 500 pounds when it's all rolled off. Prints 125,000 gospel tracts. Right now the price is 200. You'll see in the, the video it's going to say 250. We're, we're thinking it could go up to 350. 285 to 350 because the price of everything is going up because gas is going up. You know how that affects things. But when these gospel tracts go to northern India, Tibet and Pakistan because there's over 1.4 billion people in that area. Can you imagine how much that is? I mean, if you just took the 1 million off, I mean, they still have 400 million, which is bigger than, than all of America. But there's not enough books for those people to read. So when they're given the track in Hindi or a Pakistan or a Tibetan, they, once they read it, they hand it to somebody else who reads it, and they hand it. It's handed eight times down. So anybody good at math? Eight times 125,000 is what? A million people are reached from one roll of paper that costs $200. Is there a better investment? I, I keep saying this, and I, I keep waiting for someone to come up and say, well, radio's better. They can close down radio. Well, the Internet's better. Putin's a, he's got that closed down. Pretty hard to close down a gospel track that just floats from one person to another over lines of countries. And, and, and I'm all for the radio, and I'm all for the Internet reaching people. But I'm just saying, I, I just don't know of a better investment than right here. And if you're behind on laying up rewards in heaven, here's how to get started on that. Because a soul is more valuable to Christ than all the money in the world. And how many tens are in a hundred? Ten, right? Okay. So I think for every thousand people reached in India from one roll of paper that will reach a million people, I would say for every unit of a thousand people, at least one person would be saved. Now, I think far more than that because that is a very uh, deprived country. I mean, very impoverished, very impoverished. So for every thousand people, we'll just say one person is reached for Christ. How many 
Tens are in a hundred, there's ten. How many thousand units are in a million? Anybody know? There's a thousand, thousand units in a million. So how many people are going to be saved? At least a bare minimum, thousand people. When's the last time anybody here has won a thousand people to Christ? Collectively, we, we might have to, you know, really scratch and try to figure out who we actually have led to Christ, counting dogs and cats and anything else that seems, uh, uh, you know, favorable to the gospel or coming to church. Think about that. The most valuable commodity to Christ is a soul saved. And here's a way. And, and we're sending sea container of 10 and a half million tracks after sea container to that part of the world right now. That seems to be a hot spot as well as Central America as well. So if you want to lay up rewards in heaven, here's a good start. Here's a good start. And you know, there's one in the back table there. We turned these into coin banks. I've now left over 1,900 plus coin banks in churches everywhere. People are filling them up. I had one little girl, uh, a little, she's a teenage girl, 14 years old, very, very thin. I mean, she was just, I don't know how she could stand up. She hadn't come into herself with her muscle or anything. She asked for one of these coin banks. I said, ask your parents first. She did. They gave, they said yes. So she took it out. And I got a text after that Sunday morning I left. I got a text later that night where she had gone door to door all afternoon where she lived in Indiana. And she filled this coin bank up completely with change, with bills, and with checks for missionaries. See, God talks to children, too. God talks to teenagers. You may not think so. You may think nobody can talk to that hard-headed, stubborn teenage son or daughter of mine. God can. God knows their language. And, and who are we to try to limit the power of the Holy Spirit in touching a child or a teenager's heart for getting out the gospel? Not to be outdone, I told that same story in the Portsmouth area of Ohio. And a 12-year-old boy cut grass all summer long, and he filled up one of these coin banks, well over 200 plus, close to $250, with change, bills, and checks, so missionaries could continue to get the tracks free. If I could just get those two together, I'd be a good matchmaker, I think, on this one. But I don't know if boys like marrying older women. Is it okay to marry old, uh, an older woman, Pastor? Or maybe I shouldn't ask him. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but but th this happens all over the country, folks. This is not an isolated uh, situation. I was in one church in Florida, and the part of Florida I was in, boy, I'm telling you, it was out in the sticks, and it was so dark. My wife and I couldn't find it. The GPS wouldn't work. We couldn't find any street signs. They were county signs and different numbers and pointing wrong ways, and service was about ready to start, so we, I thought I'd better call the pastor. No cell service either. I don't know how God led us to the church, but we finally got there right about a minute before it started, and, and it wasn't a large church, but they had about 15 or 20 teenagers. And at the end of the service, I turned it over to the pastor, and it, it was a much, much more narrow, probably only one section of pew on each side, probably the distance back. And I stood in the back, and the pastor took prayer requests, and I had one coin bank, and I said, I said, I'm going to leave it right here in the pulpit, and whoever wants it can have it. That's my last one. If anybody else wants one, we'll mail them to the church. So I'm standing in the back, and the pastor's getting ready to bow his head and pray. And I, I'm about to bow my head, and I saw something move. And I looked up, 
And here's this boy, a teenage boy, to the far side by the wall. And on the other side of the auditorium was a teenage girl on that side of the wall. And as the pastor prayed, they kept scooting closer to the middle. And when they got to the middle, they were stopped by the ends of the pew. And when the pastor said amen, they both sprinted to the pulpit to get that last coin bank. Now, wait a second. What was in here? Let's see. Nothing. There was air. There was no cell phone, no gift card to Best Buy, no McDonald's coupon to get the most famous hamburger steal in the history of the world, the Big Mac. Any Big Mac people? Oh. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> I take it that's your wife. You are fortunate. <laughs> I'm telling you. There was nothing in it. And so as they ran down, of course, somebody had to win and somebody had to lose. How many think the guy won? One, two, three, four. Just four? I think I could count. Five, I may have missed you. How many think the girl won? Well, guess what? The boy won. Manpower, right, man? Yes. Now, little girl, what's your first name? Oh, your dad, is, is that... Yeah, your dad's going to give you a dollar for being right. <laughs> I say your mom, but it's better if you say the dad. Because <laughs> she's just going to come to him anyway. You, you see him now. You let me, you show it to me after the service so I know you got it. But the story doesn't end there. The teenage boy had, had raced down, and the girl was right on his heels. See, he made a mistake. He thought he had won before he won. He was ahead, he stopped, and he went to reach up and grab the coin bank, and when he did, the girl tackled him from behind. <laughs> she crawled over him and got the coin bank, and she says, that's mine. He looked at her, he just shook his head and walked off. I don't know if they were brother or sister or what. That woman, that girl, she's marriage material. <laughs> so I'm going to fight. She got it. I see all these kind of great things going on in teenagers and kids. I had another kid who was like eight or nine years old. I said, here's my last coin bank. And I said, anybody can have it, even while I pray if you want it. While he prayed, he came up and got it and went and sat down. I didn't even know it. He was sneaky. May not be a good virtue there. I don't know. He went up for the next month, up and down the aisles of the pews for the next month, filled it up. His, his picture is actually in a former edition of our... Uh, on track that comes out quarterly, and he got his picture in there because someone took it with him, and he got in there because, and he filled it completely up. And like I said, 1,900, one church collected 578 pounds of change. They had five-gallon buckets all the way across the auditorium. They had so much change that the track league came up and got it. So they had a special service. They weighed each bucket on the pastor's bathroom scales. <laughs> That's how they, I don't know if that was accurate or not. But they took it all down to the Fellowship Track League, the bank, the uh, Lebanon County National Bank, something like that, and they have a coin counting machine. And so all, all the workers, the tellers, were taking turns, and it took hours to count. It, the, the machine was running so long, there were parts of the machine that actually burned up. Yes, yes. You know how many times the bank has got me over the years? It was payback, brother. <laughs> thousands and thousands of dollars because of that. Isn't that amazing? So you say, all right, that's what you do. Why should we support you? Why should we buy a roll of paper? Well, the missionaries you support, they're getting these tracks 
free of charge. There's a pretty good why right there. Without free tracks, they could not hand out in mass the tracks that they presently do. When they find out tracks are free, they want to change their order. They just don't want a thousand. Now they want ten thousand. They don't want a hundred thousand. Now they want a million. They don't want a million. Now they want ten and a half million tracks. And the minute these tracks reach the destination, these missionaries have missionary pastors underneath them they've won who started dozens of churches. They all come together. They split up the tracks, and the tracks are gone. People are being saved. And that flows, those blessings and those rewards in heaven, they flow back to you in this church who have given to help the Fellowship Track League. Everything's free. Nothing can ever be sold. That's part of the mission statement. It is a ministry of faith. Could someone here step out by faith tonight and buy a roll of paper between now and the mission conference next year? Well, let's see what others have done. Oh, I have too many sheets of paper here, and I probably won't be able to find the one. There it is, yes. Last year, here's what's happened. Churches that you know. I went, the same presentation I talked to you tonight, I basically give everywhere I go. So, Crusade Baptist in Copley, Justice Snow, they bought $1,250 worth of paper. Victory Baptist Church in Springfield bought $1,500, or gave $1,500 towards paper. Lighthouse Baptist Church in B. Cyrus gave $1,500 towards paper. People's Baptist in Mansfield gave $500, no, that's $1,500, I forgot the one there, $1,500 towards paper. New Hope Missionary Baptist Church in Canton, I met him at your preacher's meeting last year, Tom Tannis. I was there because I met him here. They gave $250 towards paper. And, and, and that, that was hard. They, they, they've really, they really worked hard to do that, and I appreciate that. Victory Baptist in Marengo gave $400 towards paper. Huber Heights, Chuck Zimmerman. Do you know him? You do? They're having a tough time. They gave $1,000 towards paper. Scioto Baptist gave $200 towards paper. Bible Baptist Church in Marysville. You see, we had such a great year in 2021. I thought when 2022 started, I said, Lord, how are we going to match what we did in 2021? Because normally I raise anywhere between 15000 to 25000 a year. You can't make anybody give. I have no idea what people are going to do. In 2021, we raised over $96,000 in the middle of the pandemic where everybody says you can't ask anybody for money. This shows you, how God, didn't I say, didn't God assure me his people have money? You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, where'd the $96,000 come from? I mean, why didn't I raise that the first 11 years before the pandemic? I never did. God never did. But all of a sudden, people get the idea that something's going on. Well, the first Sunday night, I'm really, I talked to my wife. I, does anybody vent to their wife? Am I the only one who vents to their wife? Preacher, I won't ask you. She's smiling awful big, though. I was venting to her. I said, I, I, I can't keep up this rate. The Fellowship Track League is going to expect this every, every Sunday now. You know, when you, you do something that's kind of good, all of a sudden, kids, you, you're good. Your parents now expect you to be good 100% of the times. That's impossible. Impossible. So I said, Lord, how can I do this? And I'm, I was kind of really fretting it. And so I went to the Marys, in Marysville, Ohio, a Bible Baptist church. And let me see. I, I got to get the right order here. And they took up. I didn't even really talk about it. Someone had given the pastor a vase, a pottery vase. It was sitting up uh, on the platform, and after the service, he picked it up, 
uh, Jeremy Stout's the pastor there, and he put it up there. He says, we'll just take a cash offering. If you want to help Brother Lapish in the track league and throw the paper, you just, you just put it in there. I mean, I, I've never seen anybody use a vase for an offering plate before. So I, I thought, that's not going to go over. Well, they counted the money. The pastor made me come in. First time a pastor has ever had, had me help him and the people count money. And I, I kind of felt, I, I really didn't want to do that because I never want to touch money. Right? You just, bad things happen. So I, I didn't want to, so I kind of went in there and watched. And I, I put things in piles and let them count it. $5,300 cash. They spent on paper. I can't read my writing. Man, Maslin Baptist Temple gave $2,000. First Missionary Baptist Church, Canova, West Virginia, gave $2,500. Carrollton Baptist Temple gave over $2,000. Fostoria Church maybe had 25 people that day. They gave $4,000. First Independent Baptist Church of Alum Creek, West Virginia. How would you like to say that at every door you went to, that that's the church you're from? After the first, you know, after a couple of syllables, the door's being slammed. They had a business meeting the next week. They gave $2,500. Cornerstone Baptist Church in Finley has a couple that loves tracks, and they kind of follow me. If they see I'm going to be in the area, they'll come. Every once in a while, they send in money. They send in $300. A relative of mine said, listen, I, I've tithed. I've helped with the roof. I've helped with this. I've helped with that. He says, I feel like I still need to give more money to God. I just don't know where to give it. He says, can you help me? A relative. I said, yeah. Buy a roll of paper for the Fellowship Track League. He said, well, how much is it? I said, 200 bucks. He said, okay. I said, okay. I left it at that. Two weeks later, I got a call from the Track League. He said, are you related to this person? I said, yeah, why? He said, they just, bought, they just gave money for paper. I said, yeah, we talked about it, and I suggested they did. What they buy? One roll, maybe two rolls? He said, they sent in a check for $5,000. I got off the phone. I called that relative. I said, hey, 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 what did you do? I said, why did you give me money? <laughs> Come on, I'm the guy traveling. Why did you give me any money? He said, you didn't ask. Call me next year. <laughs> God knows how to keep you humble, I'm telling you. I, I have more. Now, I know I'm, my time's getting close here. I did that, I did that. I'll just... Bible Baptist Church in Byesville, Steve Leithley gave 1400 Gospel Light in Sunbury gave 600. Bible Ch Baptist Church of Seymour, Tennessee gave 1,200 with the promise to give more. Harvest Baptist with Joe Arthur. Anybody know that name? Evangelist Joe Arthur. He's pastor. Hey, that, that guy's got the biggest personality I've ever seen in my life. If he walks in this room, he owns the room. I don't care if it seats 500 or 5,000. He owns it. Unbelievable personality. They gave 705. Bible Baptist Church in Loveland gave $3,100. I got all these numbers. I mean, this is what people did. I, I've never seen that before. And so the, all that together added up to $96,000 last year. So I, I went to Florida, and I said, well, I'm a little nervous about asking churches down there because there are a lot of old people, really old, much older than me. Really, I said, Lord, what am I going to do here? So I always have these fears. See, I, I'm just like you. I don't know what you have fears about, but when you're doing it for the Lord, you've got to courage you know so I asked this one church I was at now it was a little bit a larger church and I the record was 51 rolls of paper I'm gonna start first it was uh, 17 then a church broke that when they went 20 then a church broke that it was 27 then a church broke that and it was 30 rolls of paper they bought in a mission conference then the next church bought 40 rolls of paper 
and he had to get that beat. The next church bought mm, 48 rolls of paper, and I went over to the New Testament Baptist Church, Bob Burgess, the pastor, and I just told them what the record was. After the service, they broke it, 51 rolls of paper, in like three minutes. I know. And so, again, who do I run to the vent? Your preacher? Nope. Your other preacher? Nope. Your wife? Nope. I ran to my wife. I said, what do I do now? Who is going to buy more than 51 rolls of paper at $10,200? God, I'm in a predicament. I'm going to have to start saying the record for certain states. So I went to Florida. And I, I, I felt like I had liberty. Now, it was a larger church, and you could tell they, they had more than a couple dollars. I'll just leave it that way. So I, I challenged them to beat that record. I felt good about that. After the service, the pastor was sick. He had a fever the night before. After the service, the pastor watched on, on whatever they had, Zoom or something, and he was texting all of his staff members and the financial secretary. After the service I preached, they had me come up, and they had one of these big cardboard checks, and they bought 75 rolls of paper, $15,000. Didn't end there. Before that day was over, they bought, ended up buying 100 rolls of paper for twenty thousand dollars i know wow wow i mean the ladies at the track leave they heard that i could hear, hear them an hour and a half away going woohoo that's your favorite thing to do woo I, that's that's their that's their custom so i went i said now what do i do i i left west orlando baptist and went to a church north of tampa i said what how do i ask them to break that record because records are meant to be broken right no I think so. So I told them, and I went on to preach a sermon, and afterwards the pastor came up, Brother Lapish, come here. I said, what, what, what's wrong? I, I, thought, I thought maybe I said something wrong. That's the death, you know, when you go to a church, guys, and you say something wrong. And I thought, oh, he's going to clean my clock. And I, I, I bowed my head. I said, I was ready to get down on my knees, say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know. He says, he says the members, they just gave enough money to tie that record of 100 rolls of paper. I said, What? And he says, you call the other church because I'm going to one-up whatever they do because we want the record. <laughs> but then I thought, this is going to get out of hand. Somebody's eventually going to give up, right? And then people are going to be mad. So I'm texting back and forth these two pastors, and they finally decided to leave it as a tie. So everybody's happy. And Woody Hayes says a tie is kind of like kissing your sister. <laughs> it might be worse. <laughs> For the sister, how's that? I'll make that. So here I am with 100. So what do I do now? What do I do now? I don't know. I'm just telling you what God has done. Why should you help keep me on the road? There's three kind of Christians out there, leaders. There's one who's an abuser. They're just there to abuse the finances for themselves. They're users, really. And then the number two are just managers. They just keep things rolling. They never grow. They never shrink. They just keep everything going. They're very good at administrating. And I, I guess that's not so bad. And then there's the third kind that are producers. That's me. I, if I can't produce, I'm quitting. So that, that's my goal. I'm all in, 100%. I'm in the deep end. Even though I just turned 70, I'm still all in. I'm not slowing down. I'm going full speed ahead. And this is what God has me doing. Why? Because even though we've printed enough tracts to reach 5 billion people, that's how many tracts Fellowship Track League has printed. It's really more than that. I'm looking at the clock back there. Uh, that's how many they printed. There's still 3 billion people haven't been reached. 
We just ordained a deacon in Sandusky there without a pastor. You know the lighthouse. It's now Bible Baptist Church. We ordained a deacon there who wants to be a missionary to the Ukrainian soldiers. He had been going before the invasion. They're, they, they're raising money right now. They're on their way back. And they're actually determined that Mark Pranger and uh, oh Henry Banach and two or three other people plus this deacon, they're all, when they get to Poland, they're going into Ukraine to win these soldiers. Me, I'm glad to give them some money. <laughs> Text me the good news. The deacon we ordained said this. He says, wouldn't that be cool if my grandchildren were told that me, their grandfather, died when the sniper picked me off witnessing to either the Russian or the Ukrainian soldiers. I said, well, it would be even greater if you could tell them how good of a job you did. That You know, you might want to stay alive. But here's a deacon. If every... Every pastor in the world would want a deacon just like this, just like this, sold out, 69 years old, going over there. He is going to hazard his life to win these men, these soldiers, to Christ. I, I, I find that totally amazing. Well, this, this is what happens with this ministry. It's without a doubt the largest ministry in the history, in history of the world. There's never been a larger ministry than this. And I, I've done facts on it to make sure I'm right. If you think I'm wrong, you let me know, and we'll do the math on it. But nobody's ever reached more people than the Fellowship Track League. And I think if I'm going to put a dollar on a winning horse, if I can say it that way, it's buying a roll of paper. Buying a roll of paper, reaching at least 1,000 people who would be saved in India once these get there. We have a short DVD. Notice I didn't say the length of it. <laughs> I said short. And I have some of these here. And some, some of the tracks we have for our Jewish friends, for our Catholic friends. Number one track is this one here. I know you can't see it. I just showed you, are you a Christian? God's last name is not a curse word. We need a lot of these. whole lot of cussing going on. For our truckers, think about what those truckers in Canada went through, having, actually having their bank account seized. Here's a, I think I'm a pretty good person. That's why a lot of people don't get saved. I must tell you this, save, sure, and serving. I hope you're all serving. Why should you serve? Because someday we'll stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ. We still think there's a burning hell. I know there's no trouble with narcotics in Masson, Ohio. Here's one for the kids, Romans Road. One heartbeat away. That's a good one. Uh, be a winner. I like that. I like to win. I hate to lose. Anybody like, any losers here who like it? No, I shouldn't ask that. Uh, something missing in your life for teenagers because of cell phones? Lots missing. Great Christmas track. God loves the unborn. Uh, we have tracks for Mormons, Muslims, uh, Hindus, Jehovah Witnesses, etc. In case you like to hunt, we have that. Why it, it choose to stain from alcohol? We have that. Final orders for our great military. And when you go out to eat, one in hospitality. We, all these will be at the back table. I will have that coin bank there if somebody wants it. I'll have prayer cards. And here's a bottle. Hasn't even been opened. It can be saved for your preacher. And with that, it's video time. Anybody got popcorn? <laughs>